podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We've journeyed with Jesus all the way from Jerusalem. And of course, then Friday, we saw him crucified. Two criminals either side of him. He is the author of life himself, allowing humankind to drive nails into his hands and into his feet. The word tells us that Jesus gave up his spirit after he cried out to God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's important that we note that Jesus gave up his spirit. They couldn't take it. He freely gave. He gave up his spirit. Darkness then came over the land and the temple curtain was torn in two. And because they were so fearful... Of this man Jesus rising again because they'd heard him say it. They decided that the best thing we can do is get him into that tomb. Roll a stone across the entrance to the tomb. Seal the stone and place some guards in front of the tomb. If there was ever a pointless job in history, the guards have that number, yeah? So they stand watch, making sure that they can't steal Jesus' body and pretend like he's risen again. These guys who were stood in front of the tomb, guarding the tomb, it would be guarded with their life. Think about that. It would be guarded with their life. Because if it all goes wrong, we're in a bit of a mess. They'd heard Jesus say that he would rise again, so no chances were taken. They wouldn't even let or allow the body to be prepared. The Sabbath then had come, and they had to wait until the first day of a new week, Sunday morning, bright and early, before the birds even awoke. Women have got themselves together and prepared to go and see Jesus, to deal with his body, the reality of the situation. Let's have a read of Luke chapter 24. On the first day of the week, early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In fright, the women bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. 
Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James and others with them who told this to the apostles. Here's human nature. Verse 11, but they did not believe the women because these words seemed like nonsense. Peter, however, and we read also in John that John also got up, ran to the tomb. Peter then bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying there by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself, what had happened? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just ask that as we look into your word now, that you would just open it up to us. Father, that you'd help me to deliver what you've got to say. Father, we pray that you would have our hearts and our ears ready and receptive to listen to your word. And Father, again, we thank you for this opportunity on this Easter Sunday to just celebrate that he is risen. Bless us now, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So then these faithful women who journeyed with him from Galilee, you see the angels even said that. Don't you remember that he told you whilst you're in Galilee? We've also been on that journey. We've made our way to this point. And now the women, as faithful and as dedicated as they were, they've prepared these spices in order then to prepare Jesus' body for his burial. When you listen to the account, you can see that these women were prepared. Women are very good at that, aren't they, gents? I've noticed that after uh, 15 years of marriage. Is that right, Lon? Nearly? Wow. I know, she's incredible. Imagine putting up with me for 15 years. <laughs> but these women had prepared, and they prepared, I'd imagine, for quite a lot. And when I say that, think about it. The crucifixion was brutal. It was not pretty. There was a reality to what had happened to Jesus, to his body, the beating that he'd been subjected to. It was not going to be nice. So they'd have had to have prepared themselves mentally for what they were about to walk into. This was not going to be pleasant at all. Yet for all their preparation, there was one thing that they hadn't prepared for. As they got to the tomb, the stone is rolled away and the tomb is empty. Now, it says in the word that they were wondering about this. Just for a second, attempt to put yourself in the story. Imagine wondering, wondering, that's an understatement, isn't it? Wondering, be like, what on earth is going off? The gods are nowhere to be seen. The stone is rolled away and Jesus' body is gone. It makes no sense. And as we read through the account, we can see as Peter got there that the strips of linen were there on the side. And we read in another account that those strips of linen were folded. The grave clothes were folded. People don't steal things and fold things unless they break into our house. And they're like, oh, we better tidy up a bit. <laughs> Anybody else thought that? You're like, you know, if somebody breaks into this house, well, how we've just left it, they'll be horrified. They'll leave us something kind on the kitchen table. Sorry for the mess. We've tried to tidy up. 
You see, the reality is that when people steal things, they don't tidy up, do they? They don't fold grave clothes, so the body's not been stolen. And of course, then, you think about the, the Roman centurions, those that would be guarding the tomb. Oh, the last thing they're going to do is, oh, quickly, before we move Jesus' body, let's just fold the grave clothes. It's nonsense. So when you stood in that moment inside the tomb, what on earth is going on? There is no reasonable explanation for what's happened. And then two men appear. Two angels appear and say, why do you look for the living among the dead? Quick one. Just a quick one. He was dead on Friday. So in all reasonable conclusion, hey, we're doing what we should do. Are we not? I mean, we'd be there, wouldn't we? Surely we'd be looking to do what these women are doing. To deal with the bodies. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He's not here. He has risen. Oh, yeah, of course. There's just nothing in the human mind that goes, oh, yeah, of course, that's what's happened. There is nothing rational inside of us that says, oh, yeah, of course, because that occurs. You see, this is, this is completely outside of what we know and understand. God has done something here that we've not seen. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And as we go through, uh, uh, as we've been through the, the New Testament, we see that Jesus performed miracles and brought people back from the dead. Jesus here is nowhere to be seen. He has been raised from the dead and the angels say to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. And then the angels say to them, look, remember how he told you that this is what was going to happen. He said it in Galilee. And in the moment, you know, when you wrap your brain, you're like, no, he, he, he did say something. There was something along the lines, but I'm not entirely sure what he said. But if I'm honest with you, I didn't even think he was talking about this. Of course they didn't. Don't ever take yourself out of the account and think, well, that, you know, that's a normal conclusion. The reality is that they would be absolutely astounded. They've not thought, oh, of course, that's exactly what's going to happen. Jesus, on Friday, do you think they thought Jesus was in control? Absolutely not. Don't think for a second that they were like, listen, no issue here. Stand back. No. They were absolutely horrified at what they'd seen. They were astounded. They were heartbroken. Their saviour, their teacher, their master had been murdered. And for what? Nothing. It was an unfair trial. They rushed it through. And these women have come to do what they should do. To deal with the body as was their custom. To be respectful. And in this moment, they must have just been absolutely flabbergasted as the tomb is empty. But the reality is for us as the church, we know the Easter story. We, we've heard it before. But I wonder whether you've ever taken it to the other side and wondered what the enemy was thinking on Friday. Think about that for a minute. We were thinking, oh no, it's finished. What a mess. 
The enemy's thinking, got it. Got it. Jesus really thought he was going to come to Jerusalem and take over. No chance. Now listen, the enemy knew full well that Jesus was perfect. Well, how do you know, Matthew? Well, first of all, he's the son of God. He's God in flesh. But you remember when Jesus went out from his baptism into the wilderness, the enemy tried to tempt him. In his moment of weakness, humanly speaking, after 40 days of eating nothing, give me 40 minutes, world of trouble. He's eaten nothing. He's in a world of hunger. And the enemy tries to tempt him. And Jesus has none of it. Corrects him every time with actually what the word says. So the enemy knew that Jesus was perfect. But he thought, well, if we can get him killed, then it's done. So that's what happened. So he thought. He thinks to himself, he's winning. But of course we know, don't we? Because we know the Easter story, that the perfect spotless lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ, remember the enemy knows he's perfect, but he thinks he's dealt with it, had to go to the cross. We know that he had to go there to defeat the curse of sin. Because we know that when we look at the Ten Commandments, we're in a mess, yeah? Anybody else with me? Not great. I get to a certain point, then it all falls to pieces. You see, because the reality is that we are imperfect people. But we're messing here. The enemy is messing with the very author of life. And so he thinks to himself, let's get Jesus crucified. But of course, it was always God's plan all along. It was God's plan in order for the Lord Jesus to be crucified, to be persecuted for you and for me. You see, because the curse of sin that came from the first Adam is now dealt with through the second Adam. Jesus himself refers to himself as the son of man. The first Adam couldn't do it. So Jesus came. Do you know what I find the most astounding about the fact that we have a saviour and that's astounding in its own right is that God didn't say you're on your own. Don't you find that incredible? When we say, God, I don't want you. I don't want anything to do with you. I am not interested in you. I do not care about you. God said, I love you enough to make a way back to me through my son. Think of the most precious thing that you have. Give it to your enemy. You wouldn't do it, would you? Don't pretend like you're all saint-like. <laughs> you see, the reality is that we wouldn't do it. And God said, I'm not going to sit on my throne and watch you suffer. I'm going to send my son. I'm going to get down off this throne. I'm going to come down to planet Earth dressed in flesh. And I'm going to deal with the sin and the shame that you cannot deal with. And I'm going to make a way back to me. Now that church is love. That is unconditional love. When it's unconditional, it doesn't depend on me. We look for human relationships and say, I'll love you if you love me. God says, I'll love you even if you don't love me. What? It's mind-blowing, isn't it? But this is unconditional love. And the Son of Man came 
to deal with sin's curse. And now then, church, we're in what the Bible calls the new covenant in his blood, the new promise. The temple curtain, if you remember, we missed the verse on Friday night. It was one verse on, said the temple curtain was torn in two, just there because, you know, it was poorly made. No, it was there because previously a great high priest had to go in to that place just once a year to atone for the sins of Israel. And now the temple curtain is torn in two because Jesus has dealt with our sin. The great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, has made a way back to God. And it is not through a high priest. It is through the Lord Jesus Christ, the great high priest. So now we're in the new covenant in his blood. But of course, all of that, all of that, when we think of it from the enemy's point of view, all of what Jesus had done would be for absolutely nothing. Had the tomb not been empty. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, it would have been for nothing. But rise he did. God's salvation plan was complete. As Jesus broke the curse of death as well as sin. And then we as believers then get to experience in reality but a shadow of death. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 8, to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. So we get to experience but a shadow of death because when this is gone, I will be at home with God. That's where my home is. Heaven is my home. Amen? That is our home if we put our faith and our trust in him. Why? Well, because love has won. The enemy has been defeated. Everything that he thought was going to win, in fact, was the biggest plot twist that you have ever read or seen. Because love won. Not hate, not violence. Love. Love won. The enemy has been defeated in the most incredible way. All seemed lost, but God had a salvation plan. And the women then, they report back with this exciting news that the grave is empty, that we've seen angels, and yeah, you appear to have lost the plot. Those spices were a wee bit strong, eh? I mean, think about it. That's the reality. And of course, what they have to do, Peter and John and all the disciples, they have to go and see for themselves. So they run and take a look. Listen, my charge to you this morning is don't just sit there and listen to what I've got to say. Or maybe don't listen to what I've got to say. You need to go and look. Go and look. Go and read the Word of God. Go and search the Word of God. Go and have a look in history. Go and find out who this man Jesus is because I am absolutely convinced that there is no other conclusion than he is the Son of God. There is no other conclusion. There's more evidence for Jesus Christ than Henry VIII. So go and look. Go and search. Go and find out outside of Scripture. And go and see that he has indeed risen. I believe, church, that it's a life and death choice. To go and look or not to. It is a life and death choice. There is nothing 
more important. So church, we celebrate this morning because we, sinners as we are, have received life. He was willing to go to the cross for you. He was willing to go to the cross to defeat sin. He was willing to rise from the grave and to defeat death so that we might have life and life eternal. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.